This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Before we get into today's episode, make sure you guys check out our brand new website, gtdsports.com. You can also follow along with our podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social medias. We're over at Twitter, at gtd underscore sports, and we're also now on TikTok, at gtd underscore sports as well. You can follow our personal accounts at RyanBennell8, and Elijah is over at, at Elijah Spans. If you want to keep up with all of our gambling picks, make sure you follow us on the Action Network app. You can search us by full name, and there you can find us to keep track of our day-to-day picks and see how we're doing. Last but not least, subscribe to the brand new GTD Sports newsletter. This way you can get email updates on all brand new blogs and podcasts so you don't miss out. we got a great episode planned for today. We're going to start things off by Hold getting up, into though. some... Oh, 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 okay, what's up? You forgot to put on our new, brand new GTD Sports Twitch account. So, oh. gonna, live shows are going to be coming soon, probably in the next week or two. Um, I was We were planning on doing it this week because I was going to mess around with it, but my laptop's too old, so we can't do it. But I also might decide to stream some sports games on my Xbox Maybe some uh, PGA 2K, maybe some Ma- the new Madden. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, expanding the brand, you know. Expanding the brand. So be a lookout. Be on lookout on Twitch. Yeah, for sure. We're we're we talked about it a few times before, but right now we're still you know a little bit technologically challenged. So figuring out the whole Twitch stream and still having that uploaded to Spotify and everything. It's gonna take us a little bit. But hopefully that'll work out and we can do that for you guys because I think Twitch would definitely be a cool way to do a podcast. All right, so for today's episode, we're going to start things off by getting into some what the fuck stats of the week. This is a segment we're going to start trying to do regularly. And going forward, we also have talked about the fact that we want to maybe start some more kinds of segments on the show rather than just routine conversation. So if you guys have any segments you're looking for, you can always just leave something in the comments and let us know on our website. And yeah, but for now, we're going to start off with some what the fuck stats of the week. I've seen some crazy shit on the internet over the last seven days. And first things first is in each of the last three MLB seasons, you know, because we're getting into spring baseball, it's starting to get relevant. There have been more strikeouts than hits. That's insane. This has never happened in the prior 147 seasons of the MLB. And now in each of the last three, there's been more strikeouts than hits. Joey Gallo's pumping the numbers up. Yeah, big Joey Gallo, dude. (laughs) I love him, though. Love him to death. Dude, I can't tell. I wonder if that makes it more entertaining or less entertaining, though, you know? Um, It's got a big all-or-nothing vibe to it. Because, I mean, he's not the only guy that does that. Strikeouts are up you know, all across the league for every player because um, the analytics are telling people that, you know, um, going all in for the home run is is more beneficial. So that's part of the big reason. It's part of the current trend. 
That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, players might just be yep. swinging for the fences. They're swinging for the fences. They're more likely to strike out, but the time they don't strike out is they hit it across the ballpark. So Yeah. I mean, that it's is like, more fun than as a fan because I've noticed, I you know, I haven't always been super attentive on the MLB, but in the past few seasons I've been paying attention more, and it seems like they've been scoring a shit ton of runs. I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like there's been a lot of runs on the board unless you have, like, a Cy Young caliber pitcher on the mound. Well, home runs are up on the board, but they there's speculation there's a juice baseball. Um, oh. but and then but the MLB would never admit it, but then they just announced, I think a couple like a week or two ago that um, they're deadening it a little bit. So um, they pretty much just admitted that they juiced up the baseballs a little bit. So and home runs home runs have been up for the past three or four years now, like skyrocketed and a part of it's the trend and they think that part of it's uh the the baseball is a little bit too i could see that yeah they pulled up clips too that um of just like guys were like they hit it and they thought it was a routine like pop out and they slap like slam their bat on the ground then look up and then the ball is just over the fence (laughs) because the ball just carried so dude i mean that that makes sense though I, i mean i'm fine with it from a fan's perspective i'm i'm rather see a bunch of dingers all day than some pop flies it is the most exciting playing baseball yeah i saw that on instagram and it just caught my eye but uh well what do you got for us some what the fuck stats um philip rivers was drafted fourth overall in 2004 to be a replacement for drew Brees, and philip rivers has retired before drew Brees. i mean so technically true i guess because Drew Brees, well, they retired after the same season now, but he retired before Drew Brees announces his Like retirement. a few weeks before, so yeah, it's close, but it's still kind of absurd. Yeah, there's I just a bunch that. of old head quarterbacks that have been staying in. We've touched on this topic before, too, all the old heads staying in the league for too long. Well, it's just, I don't know when... Because it's hard to replace them, you know, because, like, you have all these gunslingers in college, but they don't know how to run an NFL offense. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the trend lately. Because, I mean, you look at the college football has completely changed ever since quarterbacks like Baker Murray, or not Baker Murray, I combined their names. Kyler Murray. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. I mean, you, I mean essentially a lot of it comes down to the Oklahoma quarterbacks. But, Spencer, Lat- Spencer Rattler would definitely be a first-rounder, I think. Dude, I hate Spencer Rattler. I don't know why. I just think he's so overrated. I really don't think he's that good. I don't know, but maybe I'm a hater. He wasn't. I watched a decent amount of OU games. He wasn't very good at the beginning of the season. Like I thought he sucked, but then towards the end of the season, he seemed to get it together. Yeah, he. And, like, to his I credit, he definitely looked better in the second half of the season. I just. Uh, I think. I don't know if he's a Heisman candidate though. I I agree. Oh, I do. Really. Oh, 100%. See, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12, but I don't think he's a Heisman candidate. No, I, I 100% think he's a Heisman candidate. With Lincoln know. Riley, every quarterback that is good that, knows how to run the system. See, that's that's exactly candidate. why, though. I feel like that's why he's so highly rated. It's just because he's in Lincoln Riley's offense. It's true. But, but yeah, I don't know. It's college, it's college football today, man. Yeah, exactly. So, in other what-the-fuck stats in the NFL... Uh, this past season was the first time since 1985, that's 35 years, that not a single NFL team finished with a 9-7 and record. 
That, <gasps> that I saw that. You know, that's not like super like crazy. That's more of just like a true coincidence. Like I've never noticed that. You know what I mean? Like I didn't notice that at all this season. Yeah. Um, that's because it always seems like there's always a couple nine and seven teams. That's or just like I mean, all the records are usually there, but that there's no nine and seven teams. I mean, come to think about it, like the Bears were eight and eight, made the playoffs, and the Cardinals also went eight and eight. So there's a lot more eight and eight teams. The Cowboys didn't go eight and eight this year. So remember that. Yeah. For um, once. So, yeah. So we went six and ten, but that no team finished nine and seven. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Bears, you mentioned the Bears. Another crazy stat I saw was uh, Mitch Trubisky is the only NFL quarterback in in the history of the league to start 50 games and never throw a pick six. Of course, out of all the quarterbacks, it's got to be the MVP, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know how, like... How does that work out? Because, I mean, how many picks has he thrown in his career? I, I don't know the number, the number but I, I know it's a lot. <laughs> I just know. I feel like he's that's just, just kind of another coincidence, um, interceptions. too. Interceptions. Yeah, that he just never threw one where the guy was, the guy had the, the running start, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you throw a any, pick on, like, a screenplay. That's a free pick six for the defense. You know, like the cornerback reads the screen, runs up, snags it. That's, he's gone. So he has 37 career interceptions. And so he throws about and how many starts? 37 interceptions in... Probably like something like 64-ish or something. Because he's played... This is his fourth season or something, right? I think it's his fourth. Fourth season. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Over 60, it's got to be. Let's just say around 60, yeah. Yeah. Because it's not pulling it up. But, I don't know. That's wild still to think about. that. Of course it's Trubisky, you know? Yeah, exactly. Of course. Out of all the people. I've already seen people uh, people on TikTok are campaigning for Mitch Trubisky's Nickelodeon Valuable Player uh, campaign next season, you know? Appar- oh yeah, apparently Nick is going to be showing more games next year. So, that'll be interesting I'd- to see. I'd be down for that. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was cool way to grow the game. Get the kids, kids, get the kids involved. Mm-hmm. Even though when I was a five year old, I was glued to the television watching NFL. I hardly yeah, knew what well, was going on, but I loved it. For me, it was more of like well, this is what my dad was watching, or this is what my grandpa was watching type deal. Like I wasn't watching it because like it's what I wanted to do. It was just what was on the TV, and like I wanted to be like around like my dad or grandpa. So like. That's more how it started. I Fair feel like enough. that's how it starts for pretty much everyone else too, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, for the most part. Um, I feel like my so like, my situation was a little bit different. Like my dad and I, uh, we definitely like bond over sports for sure. But I feel like in general, I kind of like took the charge in my family, if that makes sense. Where like for sports, like I was always the one like trying to watch this game, or like we had to be at this game. Or I remember because I mean we I grew up around TCU where we go to school and so we went to TCU football games our whole life and that's like really how I got into sports but like it was always me versus the rest of my family on like leaving early because I was like no why the fuck would y'all want to leave early this is there's a game on come on 
But yeah, I mean, and that's where how I got here. But last, the oh wait, no, not the last. We got a couple more. But one of the <laughs> saddest stats for me personally, because I'm a Bengals fan, nobody in the history of ever has sent a text about the Cincinnati Bengals winning a playoff game. That sounds kind of backwards if you think about it, but text messages were invented in 1992, and the Bengals' last playoff win was in 1991 against the fucking Houston Oilers, a team that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> so that was just pretty sad. Like, I mean, it was kind of a slap in the face because, yeah, I already I get it. Okay, we suck. We can't win playoff games, but goddamn. Hey, I bet you there are some pretty fire emails. Oh yeah, some fire emails. Some some people sent some faxes too, bro. Some faxes, maybe um, a few pager notifications. A, a call from a cellular phone. Yeah, yeah, or uh, a payphone, you know, from city. Yeah, to there city. might have been some payphones. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Not a text message though. Yeah, not a fucking Never. text message. Right, here's one that I really like. Um, so Harden now has the second most triple doubles in Nets history at six. It is seven now because he just recorded one. Um, tonight. After playing, yeah, recorded one tonight. So I guess bumped the numbers up to 20 games now. Seven triple doubles in 20 games, second most in Nets history. And Westbrook is second all time for the Wizards now with eight. Um, I think this is... This is also kind of like how we talked about with the MLB, like home runs are growing up. Well, triple doubles are going up for guys that are kind of stat patterns. And, yeah, it seems you know, like it, though, it, just in general. Cause like Luka, guards that rebound. Yeah, Luca was the youngest player for to reach, what, like 30 triple doubles? luca has been the youngest player to do all kinds of things. Yeah, doubles, <laughs> like do a bunch of shit. 40-point triple doubles. or I don't think he's had – he hasn't had a 50-point game yet, I don't think. Um, but – all kinds of triple double records he's shattered. Dude, but this yeah. this Harden and Westbrook stat just uh, Rockets fan, Houston fans everywhere scratching their head. OKC fans. Yeah, especially. Dude, I, I still can't believe uh, OKC still had, you know, three MVPs um on their team at the same time and they only had one win it with them. They fumbled the bag hard. I don't even think it was their fault. I don't I don't know. I, I, I'm not an OKC fan, so I've never followed their situation closely. Yeah, I mean, really Harden, ex- like, whenever they had Harden, though, he wasn't nearly the caliber of player he was now. Well, like, he was their sixth man yeah, exactly. when he was with them, right? Yeah, he was and then sixth he wanted, man. He wanted to start and be the guy, so they traded him, and then he, you know... Popped off. Became, yeah, popped off. He was always really good, though, so... He I became mean, the beard. Know. Yeah, and then KD was... You know, already considered one of the best players in the league at that point, and but then he left um, because he's a bitch. And then Russell Westbrook got his MVP when he decided to start stat padding after both those guys left. So yeah, true. I mean, he did stat pad pretty hard. He stat pad hard. I've seen clips of like, you know, the ball bouncing off the rim with the I, I don't know who specifically, but like just the team center, the big man just waiting there to grab the ball and then Russell Westbrook comes flying out of nowhere and just snags the rebound he's like my bad bro I had that I had that it's like okay man or um 
the videos, the clips of him yelling at uh, his teammates after he passes in the ball so they get the assist. Yeah. If they miss, he's pissed. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. Like, uh, I bet he's one of the only players in the league that, like, truly accounts for his stats during the game. You know what I mean? Like, he probably keeps track of them himself. No, there's probably, like, three of those guys in every team. That's true, actually, because I remember back NBA's, when I played basketball, I would always count my points. Yeah. Oh, they they know what they got. They know what they got. Same thing for NFL players, too. Re- receivers, especially. That might be a little bit harder to keep track of, though. I just look up at the screen. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, outside of the what the fuck stats, we're going to be moving on now to some... This isn't necessarily all about sports. It's a little bit about some world events. Uh, If you guys have listened to our previous episodes, you may know that me and Elijah are both from Texas. And recently, Texas just announced that they will be ending the mask mandate and businesses will be able to go back to 100% capacity as of March 10th, which we're recording this on March 3rd, so it is a week from today. So, we're not really going to talk about it from a political standpoint, because, of course, we could go on and on about that forever. But This is a sports show. Yeah, this is a sports show. So, we're going to talk about how will this affect sporting events going forward. So... I was just reading an article about the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and the Rangers have made no comment about it yet. So they Or they haven't made any type of real decision. So right now, I think the, the MOB, the postseason with fans wearing masks, there's around a crowd size of 11,000. So they're saying that might have been their ballpark. They haven't made any, the Rangers haven't made any real announcements of what they're going to do just yet. But they did say that, we are encouraged by Governor Abbott's announcement today, and we'll be reviewing his executive order for full details. So they're definitely going to be looking into allowing all the fans to come back. And honestly, I think if, especially here in Texas, I think that if they say, fuck it, 100% capacity, people are going to flood the gates. Oh, for sure. It's going to be a packed house. Yeah, for sure. People are going to flood the gates. People are dying for something to do. I mean, it's been a a full year now, which is insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think – and I think I wouldn't be surprised for Houston, too. They might – I don't know. For me, I think it's like they might say you wear your mask, you know. Um, But um, here in Texas, like, a lot of people are just kind of over it. So, like, you know, I think once you, this is kind of like Pandora's box for a lot of things. Like, once you say you don't have to, people aren't going to willingly go back. Yeah, it's tough because, like, you know, even if the state, you know, is removing the official mandate, I don't really know how the laws or the rules would work, per se, because would each team have their own rule? Like, could the Rangers have their own rule? The the Astros have their own rule? The Mavericks have a separate rule? Because, like, so could... yeah. Like, for instance, could the Mavericks let in a full pack of fans, but then the Rangers not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think, so, and it also depends on what the league allows, too. Um, I could see the MLB putting it completely up to the teams, but the NBA is probably going to have a little bit more control on crowd attendance for the Mavs and Rockets, because, for one... Yeah, for one, like, fans are in closer proximity to the players. 
so they could give players COVID. So that's more of about player safety. Um, they could allow maybe more like maybe 50% capacity at basketball games. Um, and then just have more strict rules on how players can interact with fans. I could, I, but I think that, um, I, there could possibly be a hundred percent capacity allowed at, at, for baseball games. And then they just put rules for players on engaging with fans. So like no autograph signing balls. I mean, you know, like tunnel high fives and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I could see that, but at the same time, like it would be weird for Texas teams like the Astros, Mavericks, whatnot to have full capacity. And like, say you're just an average fan, not a Texan or Rangers fan or anything. So what if you like turn on the Rangers game and you see a full stadium of fans, but then you watch any other game in the league and then it's empty, you know? I feel like that's where I'm not sure how much the league would come into play and affect it. Because, like, that is kind of, like, why is it fair for the teams in the league to not have fans, you know what I mean? Kind of more of a home field advantage to the the Texas teams. Well, then, I don't know, if you really want to get into it, like, the the Blue Jays didn't even get to play in Canada last year, so like yeah, that's you know. that's a big point too. So like you know, if it, if they really want to get into that, well then does any team get to play at their home turf or whatever? But like not necessarily. It's kind of a bad analogy, but you kind of no. I see what, what you're saying say though. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And that you know, it's kind of this is you know unprecedented times, and we have to go by you know each state's um, decisions and mandates, and Texas. Fortunately for owners, I guess, uh, that they're opening up 100%. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what people do. Cause it'll be very interesting to see what plays out. I'm yeah. very interested. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be basically like a huge social experiment. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just to see how people react. Because, like, I mean, you know, I don't want to really get into the whole mask debate. But, like, personally, I'm going to still be wearing my mask. Like, And I don't know if I'm going to be willing to go to a 100% capacity stadium unless I have my vaccine. But cuz I mean I had I had covid back in November uh like late November, so my immunity is wearing off right about now. So mm-hmm. I'm probably done with that. So it makes me a little bit nervous, but I mean I get why people want to go, you know, everybody's just looking for something to do. It's been a long ass time. It's been a very long year. I just hope that everything can, you know, be done the right way <laughs> and we well, I know, don't get shit shut down again. I know there's plenty of Texans that after uh, Greg Abbott made that announcement that Texans were like, it's it, that's it, COVID's done. Yeah, it's, like, oh, yeah, it's over, we canceled, we canceled COVID, cancel culture came through this time, this is it, yeah, we're God. done, we're over with, no more masks, 100% capacities, let's go to bars, I'll buy you a drink. Like, yeah, literally, bro, my Instagram feed. Ye fucking ha. All these Texans on my Instagram just posting story. They were just reposting the news story of Greg Abbott. Like, woo! Let's oh, go! Yeah, and stuff. There's all those people that are like, oh my god, yes, we can like, we can live again. And those people, they're like, we're gonna die! Yeah, they're like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, they're like, the world is on fire. Our state is run by idiots. And then the other people are like, I'm so happy to be a part of this wonderful democracy. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so flipped. It is just so, like, uh, opposite. Well, I mean, I think not to get, I think, well, I, Greg Abbott did this because he took a hit during the snowstorm. He took I a think. huge hit. 
I, he's, and he's up for re-election next year, so he wanted to get back in the people's good graces. But speaking of a guy that loves to be in people's good graces, J.J. Uh, Watt is now a Cardinal. I hate it. <laughs> I, I was about to say the same thing. I hate it so much, dude. I literally, like, I got the alert, and I was like, why? Because he wanted to go to contender. The Cardinals, they're not a bad team. Kyler Murray is getting better as a pro. He could be, you know, a top 10 guy. You know, some if you ask somebody that works for ESPN, he's the greatest of all time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, he's a top, if you ask somebody that works for ESPN, he's a top five guy. But I, you know, I don't think he's there just yet. I agree. Um, but, and they have D-Hop, and they have that offense. But, like, I still think that Cliff Kingsbury's a bad coach. He's a – dude, I've seen him, like, firsthand. I watched him, like, basically throughout his career at Texas Tech. He did absolute dog shit. He did nothing with Patrick Mahomes, nothing with one of the best offenses in the country. And I generally don't understand how he even got the Cardinals job. I could rant about Kingsbury all day because that makes no fucking sense. We're a team. Like, I get it. You're trying to go in a different direction. And, you know, it, it, it could have gone worse. They haven't been too bad. He had a bad. losing record as a head coach. Yeah, exactly. In the Big 12. Exactly. Like, I, I th- why? Why him? And the yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. And they imploded at the end of last year too. The Cardinals were, I mean, they were what six and two at one point, or like they were. Looking I don't know good. what they're. Ex- they were looking good. They had a winning record, and they just faltered completely at the end of the yeah. season. I and mean, like I, I think it's, I think it's Kingsbury. I really do. I yeah, mean, I don't at, know if he's ever going to be a Super Bowl coach, like ever. Like I mean, and he he hovered around five hundred with the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, the yeah, most I mean, gifted quarterback. That's to his what makes credit, me... though, Mahomes wasn't the same in college, but yeah, still. No, well, Mahomes is a baller, dude. Like, he dude, could, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he put had up a, a lot. He had an 800 yard game that they lost. That's um, ridiculous. Yeah, wasn't that against know, Oklahoma? Yeah, it was against OU. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had a 500 record as a Q, like near 500 record. And, like, another thing, too, is that, like, um, Oh my god, I just blinked out, son of a bitch. Um, but more of the story is Cliff Kingsbury, not that good of a coach. Yeah, I agree. And like what you said about, because I was also frustrated too when I first saw it. Like when I first saw it on Twitter, I because the first thing I saw was uh, a tweet about the contract, not necessarily JJ Watt's official tweet. Um, so I saw a tweet about it. And my first reaction was like, all right, well, this is just one of those fake accounts. Ha ha, funny, you got me. Um, but then I see J.J. Watt tweet a picture of him working out in a Cardinals shirt with the caption, source me. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> this is real. Yeah. And I, the, my first thought was like, damn, DeAndre Hopkins really worked his magic. Because I don't know what else would bring you there other than the fact that, like, D-Hop went there and they have a young team. Like, that's really the only reason because I wanted – I'm not a Texans fan by all means, but I love J.J. Watt, as every human being should. And I wanted to see J.J. Watt succeed. I want to see him get a championship. I want to see a ring on his finger, and that's not going to happen in Arizona. It will happen – well, could have happened, I don't know – if he went to Green Bay. I think he should have gone back to his home state, played alongside Aaron Rodgers, and fucked up the NFC. Not only, like, 
I, I agree with you. I, I thought he should have went to Green Bay, but maybe like the other teams that were being talked about at the time is like if he went to the Bills, like Bills fans love the Bills and JJ Watt loves to be loved. He just does. <laughs> he does. He loves to be loved. And that is a team where he would have where the fans would have loved to love him, you know. And same thing like even if he went to the Browns, you know, the Browns would have looked at JJ kind of like how the Rangers look at Nolan Ryan almost of like a relevant team and like um, this Hall of Fame player chose to come to us of all teams. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's how it was when Nolan Ryan came to the Rangers. But that's, you know, the Browns would have been like, we're finally relevant. We got a big free agent, a Hall of Fame player like J.J. Watts come play for the Browns. We love J.J. Watt. I'm going to name my children after J.J. Watt. <laughs> but he goes, to the, he goes to the Arizona Cardinals, which is, I, I was just a head-scratching move. I think it was, I think it was about the money. I really do. Yeah, that I mean, you bring it up an interesting point though with the Browns because he was linked with the Browns pretty heavily, and I never really thought about it that way because if he did sign with the Browns, like that would have been huge for Cleveland, like huge because just in the past five years they've gone from zero and sixteen to now like a Hall of Fame caliber player wants to play for them. Like, I mean, even the fact that they were in consideration is a big step. But yeah, yeah, that would have been. I wonder what that could have done for the team going forward. Like for other free agency moves and stuff like that, like they probably could have built something. But yeah, it could have been a money move though, because I saw a lot of teams weren't willing to offer as much as Arizona. His contract isn't like super ridiculous, like you would expect for a Hall of Famer. But I mean, you gotta take into account, yeah, he he's old and he gets injured a lot. (laughs) But it's a two-year contract that could pay up to thirty-one million. It depends. There's some incentives involved. But he's got a $12 million signing bonus. So a pretty big chunk of that money is guaranteed up front. So I think it was probably a good move for JJ, money-wise. But other than that, I don't think it was a good move. Yeah, well, I mean, the $23 million guaranteed really spoke to him, I guess. But I don't get that either because he's already made his dime, you know. He's already got that $100 million contract under That's true. Belt. And, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's made money elsewhere. Yeah, he's made money he's elsewhere. Got, He's everywhere on TV, so like, uh, oh my I, favorite, my favorite I, is that commercial, so bro. Much. The Subway commercial with his two brothers, and they're like, I don't know, turkey for TJ, ham yeah. for JJ, and then something about like Derek in the background is like, I got ham, and they're like, shut up, Derek. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. that one's entertaining. Nah, he. But yeah, I mean, he loves the spotlight. So like, and Arizona is not even like a, like an all-time classic team. Like people aren't really. It's not a nationally, you know, recognized team. Really, they're kind of, honestly, they're pretty, you know, forgetful. I guess you know, they're kind of. Who really cares about Arizona? It was just a head scratcher for me because I thought you know JJ really wanted to be in the spotlight, but. He took I mean, the retirement move. My grandpa also went to go retire in Arizona, so I get it. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a nice place to live, but I mean, I, I, I get it. He'll, he'll be in the spotlight wherever he goes, though. That's kind of the thing, because, I mean, Houston isn't the most glamorous team, like not the most glamorous sports market, but, you know, he was talked about quite a bit there, so I think he'll be talked That's about true. wherever he goes. But yeah, it, it would have been different, you know, if he went to a bigger market, bigger team. Well, just even... I don't. Know. I just don't get it. it. It's not where I. It's not where I wanted him to go. So I'm just kind of just disappointed in it. Yeah. He's not. He's not going to get a ring out of it, which he should have a ring. But whatever. 
I mean, you never know. It's his decision. I mean, they still could. Yeah, Kyler Cardinals could, could pop off. But they could fire Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and hire a new coach the second year he's there and win it. But yeah, my <sighs> educated prediction is no. <laughs> they will not win with Kingsbury. Yeah, I mean, they might make the playoffs next year. He'll get to do that. But yeah, I don't know. Just very when it, like it's just a very meh decision. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I like, agree. Meh, like. It could have been worse, but it could have been better. Yeah, it's very better. average. It could have been, yeah, very average. Just like oh, oh well, whatever happens, I I'd still wish JJ the best because uh, I do want to see him succeed. So I mean, if he wins a Super Bowl in Arizona, good for him. But moving on now from the NFL back to some NBA action. We talked about this last podcast where you I don't I could you shit on it, okay? I don't yeah, even yeah. want to talk about it. NBA Top Shot. If you haven't heard about it, go check out our last podcast. We kind of break it down. There's also a blog on the website that I wrote uh, called NBA Top Shot is the Future. If you don't know what it is, essentially it is a form of NFTs, which is non-fungible tokens that are basically digital video highlights that you can own. They're produced through a blockchain I don't know how blockchain works. I'm not a computer nerd, but that's how they're made is through blockchain. And each moment gets a serial number corresponding with it. And that serial number and the rarity of each moment gives it value. So it's basically like collecting highlights that you can look up on YouTube, but there's a shit ton of money involved. So last week, Elijah was shitting on it saying, oh, it's the dumbest thing. And then this today, right before we start recording... I get a text. Oh, you win. Oh, what what do I win? Oh. <laughs> Are I'm you in? in? On top shot. I'm in on top shot. Yeah. I haven't bought anything yet because I'm not going to buy the the resells are really expensive and I'm just going I'm waiting for the next pack to drop, I guess, until I buy, but I am going to buy probably Dude, like See, but that's one or Good luck on the packs. Well, I think it's I think it's exciting that way cuz it'll help f- fuel my gambling fix. Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel uh, that. Kind of like loot boxes back in the day for those thirteen-year-old kids that play FIFA. <laughs> God, dude. I... <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, I'm I'm in on it. I, I hate <laughs> to say it. It's because I just dude, I saw how it, much they're I I do I. I hate that I'm buying into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, cause I I went on the website and I saw what some of these cards are going for, like. Players who are I don't even re- I don't even really know like only hardcore NBA fans will know and they're going for like hundreds of dollars I'm like what? dude yeah why it's, it's some of it bro it's like some of it is purely based on the rarity of the moment like there's only like four thousand in existence in the world and it's also like based on the serial numbers and stuff like that so it's really weird because like I've been scavenging the market for like nearly a week now I've been kind of grinding. So I've learned it quite a bit. Like, I've learned how it works, how to navigate it and everything. And, yeah, some players I really don't understand why they have value. But there's been one of my favorite things about it recently has been uh, because there's a pretty big community. Like, Top Shop promotes a Discord and everything. So there's a pretty big community behind it. But people on the Top Shot have been talking about this thing called the Ish Smith Indicator. And if you don't know what who Ish Smith is... He's a player on the Wizards who's like a dinosaur. He's really old, never really done much in his career, but... He's still playing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so 
he he has a moment on the website Top Shot, and it sells for usually anywhere from like sixteen to twenty dollars. And so people have been using the Ish Smith moment as an indicator for the entire market. So if Ish Smith is selling for sixteen dollars, then the market is down right now. But if Ish Smith is selling for twenty dollars, then the market is doing well. So kind of weird, but it's interesting. I'm I'm holding, man. I I'm pretty pretty heavily involved right now it's i feel like this is like we are the people getting in on bitcoin when it was ten dollars like that kind of shit i wouldn't go that far because bitcoin's an actual currency okay well yeah it's a little different stuff, but but i will say it is it is kind of cool Dude, it's, it's cool, cool, bro. And like it's, a lot of people cool. tell me, you know, like why would you spend your money on something you can look up a highlight for? And it's like, yeah, that makes it sound dumb. You're right. But I mean, think about like a Pokemon card or like a sports card. It's just a piece of cardboard that I could have a graphic designer make on Photoshop and print me one out, you know, like yeah, if, if that's, that's really true. how you want to think about it. It's it's like it's about the rarity and the uniqueness. And it's it's literally this is basically just digital sports cards. Like it's basically sports cards on a computer in video form rather than picture form. Oh, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, like except it, it's it's hot right now, so it's got a, it's, the value's going way up. I don't know if because do you think that do you think the value is going to keep on going way way up? Because so, it's kind of skyrocketing right now. It's kind of ridiculous. It is, yeah, and that's I am a bit nervous just because I'm not like you know a market expert or anything. I just think it's cool, <clears throat> but. I know that right now they've only we're in series two of the moments. They've released series one moments and series two moments, and the series one moments are already worth a shit ton. So the way I think about it is, I know not many people are into Pokemon, but everybody knows that like a first edition Charizard card is like five hundred thousand dollars. So the way I think about these series one moments is they are literally like the first edition Pokemon cards. They're like the first moments ever created, the first ones to go on the website. So like people are saying that if you get a series one moment, don't even look at the price, like don't even look at the market, just hold on to it and wait until we're at like series five and they're going to be worth a shit ton. Yeah, we'll see. Or six months could go by and people are just going to be like, hey, remember when we all got into YouTube highlights? Yeah, and, and then I lose for thousands of dollars. And then I lose all my money. That'd be sick, dude. So I, I still think it's a very real possibility, but I am. It is. Next series drop, I'm probably going to drop. I'm it is very possibility. Like 60 bucks on one. Yeah, so the drops for the packs, um, this will be, because I know this will be your first pack drop. For those of you that don't know, like the pack drops on Top Shot, they release them kind of rarely it's like maybe once a week twice a week but and when they do release them like the most recent one uh was last week like about a week ago on thursday i believe and they only released ten thousand packs total and there was over two hundred thousand people in the waiting line to get those ten thousand packs and so one of the best things about top shot though is that they kick out any bot like any robot that's trying to get in before the line and it's like a super fair system. So like they have a queue open for a few minutes. And then after that, the queue is closed. Like everybody that's in the queue gets a random spot in line. So I tried last time and I got placed 140,000th out of 200,000. So I had no chance of the pack. But like over the weekend on Saturday, they released a pre-order pack, which you may have saw that it's on the homepage of the website. 
Um, and basically, for two hours, they had a queue open. And if you joined in those two hours, then you were guaranteed a pack. So, like, I got one for $9 after waiting in line for six hours. And now they're reselling on eBay for, like, 250 So, hopefully, I'm going to open it, though. I'm not reselling it. I want to open it, dude. And get LeBron James. Yeah, if you got LeBron, that'd be a lot of money. Be a shit ton of money. That'd be a lot of money. But... Let's see. I mean, I don't know. This is wild, though. I will say it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, the NBA, the official NBA Twitter account, today was like the first time that they've ever promoted it. Um, Actually, for All-Star Weekend, the Rising Star game, they're not going to be doing it this year because of COVID and all that bullshit. Um, So instead of having an actual Rising Stars game, they just announced the Rising Stars roster via Top Shot. So there's like oh yeah. really yeah so there's like a video they're releasing a pack called Rising Stars that comes out on March seventh and it has twenty different moments and it's the twenty players that would have been on the roster for the Rising Stars game and the NBA really retweeted wanna, it and everything. I really want a Lamelo Ball one. I like Lamelo Ball, bro. Lamelo, he has one moment right now and it sells for four thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's an assist, and it isn't a very like it isn't a cool play because I looked yeah. at it today. Yeah, I feel like also that's I gotta like the play too, you know. I gotta like it, and a lot of people have been like, part of it is it could it is a risk, you know. Like I could lose my money, but the reason I'm investing too is just because I think this is such a cool concept. Like I really like it, you know what I mean? Like just collecting them and stuff like that. Like I want to be able to show somebody like, hey, dude, look, I fucking have all these. Like look at this. I don't know. I think it's cool. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I'm kind of I'm interested to see where it goes. It's definitely it's definitely made its mark in the sports world right now, though. Yeah, for sure. Like I like I, it's probably gonna go into into other like NFL and um, MLB maybe too. I don't know. MLB is not that cool though. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. MLB sports cards like that Mickey Mantle card sold for five point two million dollars. That's what I'm saying because the MLB is just so entrenched in like regular sports cards. I don't see them doing something like this. That's true. Is it, it is more and history plus like based. NBA definitely has like the trendiest fans. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, like I, would, most, I would agree. It it probably has the youngest fan base in general. That's what I'm saying. So I think that has a lot to do with it. So maybe it won't translate to other leagues, but it definitely says a lot about the NBA and its fan base. I will say. Yeah, it's very cool to see. But in other basketball news, moving on to some college basketball now. It's March, so you know what that means. March Madness, baby. I'm excited. It's been a crazy season. We haven't really talked about college basketball much, but it's been a pretty good year despite all the COVID postponements and everything like that. So right now, ESPN's bracket expert Joe Lenardi has already released his, you know, seemingly final bracket or what should be the final bracket so it's not official yet but as of now the first four teams that are the or i guess the last four teams in the tournament is drake seton hall michigan state and xavier and if you have kept up with college basketball this season you know that drake is an against the spread machine literally they're like plus 16 units this year against the spread and Mm -hmm. If you're like me, you bet them on every fucking game and you made a lot of money on them. 
But and then the first four out opposite, these are the first four teams that will not make the tournament is Boise State, Utah State, St. Louis, and then here's kind of a shocker, Duke. How do you feel yeah. about the Blue Devils not making the big dance? I mean, they've had a down year, but um, like they could still potentially get in because of the, the COVID situation. If a team can't make it, then they're going to put Duke in. That's true. That's true. So, and I mean... I, I, I get it that Duke had a down year. Like, I mean, I get that. You know, so did Kentucky. A very down year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, especially Kentucky. Kentucky is nowhere near in contention for the tournament. And, That's but crazy. It, it's, it'd just be so weird to have neither one of them in. But for me, like, just looking at the last four teams in, Seton Hall is like, they're 13 and 10 right now, I'm pretty sure. And I, they play in a weaker conference than the ACC. I, I just don't see how Seton Hall deserves it more than Duke right now, but I don't, I don't know. understand how the bracketology works. There's, there's just some kind of yeah. There's so much way. that goes into it. I've never been a huge college basketball guy. Um, I do like to, I do enjoy the tournament when it starts. Like that's pretty much where I start watching college basketball. Is when the tourney starts. I'm like, oh, let's go! Like college basketball season's here, and then I make my bracket. And I, you know, watch it fail tremendously. And, you know, I think, but one time I got one that was like 60, maybe 70% right, which is really good. Yeah, that is, uh, that is pretty good. Bracketology yeah. is a lot of fun. Like, even if you don't know what you're doing, is a lot of fun. It's, a, it's fun. Like, I know people that literally make brackets based on, like, which mascot they like better, or, like, which color scheme on the team they like better, stuff like that. But... Oh, I love that SNL skit where it's the 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 analyst next to the the housewife, and he's like, "Well, you got this one wrong, Bob." Like he's like, "Well, the Blue Devils had a better offense," and she's like, "The Blue Devils are scary. I like the Terrapins. They're turtles. They're nice. They're nice. <laughs> you know." It's, and she gets them right. It? Yeah, no, I know what it? you're talking about, though. I know what you're talking. You gotta about. watch it. You got it's a classic SNL skit. That's funny, dude. Like all I've seen two videos of like people having their pet, like their dog. They put like a treat, two treats down, one with the name of each team, and then whichever treat they pick is who they pick. But like for me, college basketball is one of my favorites. Like I am definitely a huge fan of college sports in general. So it, it's mostly been in the past few years that I've gotten into it, thanks to my crippling gambling degeneracy. Uh, so I tend to watch like at least. It probably at least two different college basketball games a night because uh, I mean I, I usually at least have some money on a few but like I, I don't know I like watching all games like it's just kind of different than the NBA to me it's a completely different vibe and it is, it's a completely different game yeah it is like just the way they play the style and everything and like you know people shit on games like I don't fundamentals. know fundamentals yeah I mean yeah fundamentals it's all it is dude college basketball is purely fundamentals NBA it is. is all talent it's heart though you know too like college basketball there's a lot of heart because like i mean you can look at games like last night uh duke was playing georgia tech and for both teams duke and georgia tech if they win they're in the tournament bracket if they lose they're out of the tournament bracket so whoever won had a spot in the tournament basically and it went to fucking overtime it was really close but georgia tech ended up coming out on top so Duke lost, and now they're out. But I don't know. Just in general, yeah, March Madness is is completely different than anything like pro sports. And outside of the like first four and last four in, 
Um, for the one seeds, I, I, I'm not going to break down all of the seedings because, you know, that would take forever. But Yeah, we could do an entire hour show on that. Yeah, exactly. And but So for the one seeds in particular, um, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan are the top three teams. And they, without a doubt, 100% wholeheartedly deserve a one seed. They are the best teams in the country by far. But Illinois, a 19-6 and six team in the Big Ten, is also a one seed right now, which I don't know if I agree with because I've been watching Iowa this season and they've been really inconsistent. But they did just shit on Michigan, who's the number three team. So it's kind of tough to pin. But personally, if I was going to rank the one seeds, I would have Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan. And it's between Alabama or Iowa. But, dude, could you imagine, like, how fucked it would be if Alabama was the national championships in football and a one seed in March Madness? Like... I would it's, hate it. It's overpowered, man. No, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I like it. I like it when Bama's bad at basketball. Yeah, so that we have something to make fun of them for. Yeah, so we don't have to worry about Bama at all hours. You know, all all times of the year. Yeah. You know, I can I can I can barely handle enough of them being the 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 best team in football. You know, so I want them to stay bad at basketball. Them being good at basketball is not chill. Um. I, th- I think they, they really weren't that great, though, until Colin Sexton went through there. Because ever since Colin yeah. Sexton played for them, they've been a top 25 team. Well, sometimes for those teams, all it takes is one, like, first-round draft pick, and guys are like, oh, like, that's that's a team, you know, we can go to. I mean, it happened kind of like Steph Curry and Davidson after he took them to the Final Four all those years ago. Davidson has been pretty relevant ever since. Yeah, you know? they are somewhat relevant right now. I'm pretty sure they're a tournament team. Um, don't quote me on that, well, though. Well, I think they are, but, um, I mean, last year they were supposed to be a, a one seed, right? Davis Toppin? Yeah. No, Obi, no, you're thinking Dayton. Dayton. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Obi Toppin played for Dayton. Yeah, oh, but, I mean, we can talk uh, about Dayton, too, though. Dayton is one of my favorite small schools. Like, it's crazy how they're so good at basketball. They kind of had an off year this season, though. Uh, just, I mean... You know, it's it's tough whenever you lose a player of Obi Toppin's caliber. But they'll be back. They've been a tournament team for a few years. They've had some pretty iconic tournament upsets, too. I don't know yeah. if you remember, like, I think it was back when we were in, like, junior high. So probably, like, six, seven years ago. They had a huge upset against Iowa. Uh, not Iowa. Ohio State. And I think Ohio State was, like, a two-seed that year. So nah, Dayton, Dayton's been making some splashes. That's why I love the tournament, though. There's always upsets. But... Upsets to look out for. I'm big on this. I do it every year for my brackets. Um, 14 seeds upsetting three seeds. One, if not two. One, if not two. Yeah, one, if not two every year. I, I, I mean, I can see that. it. That, I mean, partially, I used to make my brackets kind of without watching the games, too. Um, but, like, now that I've been fought... See, I don't even know, because last year was my first year making a bracket where I literally, like... I knew something about every team. Like, there wasn't a single team in the tournament where I didn't know about. Um, and so, like, I was I was in on it, and I went hard on my brackets. But I did fucking worse than I did whenever I didn't even watch basketball. So it's like, it doesn't even matter, I feel like. I don't know what to do this year for my bracket, but, like, I feel nah. like... I feel like my knowledge will help me pick the upset picks. Like, I'll be like, oh, this team has potential, but... 
it really just doesn't matter because it's March Madness. Like, no, I'm gonna look at all the odds, and I'm probably gonna put a single unit on all 14 seeds money lines. So, dude, now let's go 16 seeds. Fuck it. I'm not that brave. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. that I'm just brave. Kidding. Only maybe well, is Virginia one seed this year? <laughs> no, they're not. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that's the only way. Maybe Virginia, dude. When they lost, bro, as a one seed, you want to know what's really sad? I had them as my champion. <laughs> oh, I think I did too that year. I mean, I, I like I've said, I I don't pay attention to college basketball really until the tournament starts and all the the conference tournaments starts. That's when it's, that's when it gets exciting for me. It's just I don't know. It is definitely more exciting then, but I don't know. I just can't. I can't help but have a, a top twenty-five matchup on in the background on my TV while I do some homework or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just I always I've always liked pro sports more than college sports, so that's probably has to do with mine. That's fair enough. Yeah, because I've always been kind of more on the college side, but I mean I, I love everything. I really don't. Except for football. Football, they're even. Yeah, uh, I I love I lo- yeah football's even for me too. I love both. Yeah. Um, what else do we got today? That's a, I think that's all the basketball I got for me for, for you today. Well, so, so kind of on basketball topic. It's not exactly basketball, but LeBron James is a basketball player and he's involved. Uh, okay. The other day, I'm not sure exactly what day, but. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who, if you guys don't know who that is, you should, first of all. But second of all, he's a legendary European soccer player. He's played for Milan, played for, he came to LA Galaxy in America. Had a storied career. Anyway, Zlatan Ibrahimovic told LeBron James basically to stick to sports and do what you're good at. Like, his exact quote was, I like James a lot. He's phenomenal at what he's doing, but I don't like when people with a status, speak about politics. Do what you are good at. He said, I play football because I am the best at playing football. This is soccer in our terms. I don't do politics. If I had been a politician, I would be doing politics. So, how are we feeling about this? I just feel like it was a shot out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it kind of was. I, mean, like, I kind of get it, because there are those guys, you know, who do like to shut up and dribble, but then there's guys like, LeBron, who do not like to just shut up and dribble. Yeah. And I think it's, I really, I think we've said this before in the podcast. I think if you, I think a player can decide what they want to do with their platform. You know, mm-hmm. if they want to, if they don't want to do anything about it or they just want to do like different charity work, then of course, absolutely. They want to do politics and there's people that are, I don't want to say dumb enough. But are I guess naive enough to take their political advice from athletes who aren't necessarily experts. LeBron is one of the better ones, though, because he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. You know. But you're and right, though. Course, there are people that there are take you know, their news from their athletes. Yeah. That's that's more. I guess that's more directed towards actors and shit because actors are awful at it, but yeah, they just love dude, they just love the spotlight. Dude, and people like Cardi B, bro. Oh my god. I think Cardi B had more tweets about this most this past election than she did her new album. Well, I don't care about either of those, so yeah, of what she has to do. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of it's always it's always tough when it comes to sports and politics, especially athletes and politics, because mm-hmm. you know 
What I really can't stand, though, is when people get mad at athletes for not being um, uh, advocates. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, that's, I feel that's the same way. That's my biggest thing. I think, I think it's up to them. If they want to be, you know, an advocate, then they, they do what they want to do. If they don't want to be an advocate, that's fine. But don't get mad at an athlete because he didn't advocate for something. Like Michael Jordan's um, deal – yeah, we talked about in the last dance over Republicans buy shoes too. Like, yeah, he wants to make more fucking money. Like, he wants to, you yeah, know, makes like, sense. I, like, don't hate on the guy because he doesn't want to make a stance. You know? Yeah, exactly. And kind of the same thing too. People, like you said earlier, they take the athletes' words to heart. You know, like they really will use what they say as like their information. But like LeBron is definitely one of the better guys. You know, he knows what he's talking about. Um, but I just think that in terms of like the whole stick to sports argument, I personally, I, I don't mind when athletes speak out like, you know, it's literally the way I think about it is why should LeBron James be hindered from the ability to tweet what he wants to tweet just because he's famous? Like, sure, there are exceptions like he shouldn't just tweet completely vulgar stuff, you know, but like if it was just a regular old joe tweeting about the politics nobody would have a problem about it so it's like why should he not get that part of his life you know but i i get that people you know get annoyed at athletes because yeah, like lebron james can't has this get massive away from platform. politics yeah exactly you can't get away from politics and like, like it's sometimes also, you just sports is an escape yeah exactly so, you know and it's um, also like the idea that people like lebron are making stances that like sway people towards one way you know it's not just more like this is what i believe it's like this is what i believe and like the others is wrong and fucked up that kind of thing so i can see why people would get upset with that but in this instance in particular with like zlatan i i i don't know i think there was really no need for zlatan to make a comment yeah I mean, maybe it's just because he's tired of seeing politics everywhere, and LeBron does have Beyonce type, uh, a lot of, of uh, in, you know, encouragement. You know, yeah. but I mean, he if, if he people. has the platform, like it's his choice how he wants to use the platform. So I agree, but like sometimes, like it is too much. Like I think on, um, like tell me what you think about this. Is I saw a story on ESPN a while back, and it was like when the election was heating up, and it was like here's all the conservative. Uh, like things that NFL owners have donated to. And I was like, so like, yeah, like of course they're billionaires, like no shit. The Republican. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Oh, this is so fucked up. They're using their money to continue the and it's like, not their even political like, gain and stuff. It's like, well, yeah, like that's what you do if you have money like that. I, I just, no, and it wasn't even like, uh, it was to like Nazis or anything bad. They just donated to, conservative parties and i was like that isn't you know that's normal and i don't think that there should be a story in the first place like i, I don't know yeah it's, exactly it's, it's kind too of much yeah you know they got there's got to be a line and um the line is getting you know where to tow the line where to go past it where to where to stay behind it and they're definitely going past the line at this moment in time right now yeah yeah but i think so too maybe hope maybe it'll go back down when things get a less less hostile next couple of years because yeah i mean hopefully because right now social issues have been at an all-time high it's true well 
hopefully when the vaccine rolls around, we'll, we won't have to worry about this. I mean, you just talk about sports all the time and not have to worry about... Yay, sports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just sports. Because uh, recently it feels like, you know, in the past year that there isn't just sports. Like, sports have to do something with, politi- with politics. Yeah, definitely. There's, you know, it's, there, there's, it's not within its own world anymore. Yeah. Maybe and- they're together forever, but... Yeah, and I think um, this kind of stuff, too, is completely separate, at least from my point of view, is completely separate from, say, something where, like, an NBA team walks out onto the court with Black Lives Matter shirts. Like, I think this is completely different than that kind of thing. And I think those kind of movements and stuff like that will be with sports forever. But this kind of stuff, like, the like speaking out in media all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure how long it'll last because it does seem like in the last five years, like politics and the media has just exploded. Like politics has always been important. It's always been in the media, but now like ESPN talks about it and shit like that, you know? Yeah. I think after a while, people will just get so tired of hearing it. Yeah. They'll just be like, all right, like we're, we're done with this. Like we, we, you know, like, yeah. like sports, sports is an escape. We come to you to get away from this, and you know we can't get away from it right now. So yeah, I also saw um, LeBron like right after the whole stuff was Laton. He tweeted this today. Uh, It was a link to an article, and it said that Kelly Loeffler, who Kelly Loeffler is, she just lost her spot in the Senate race to Raphael Warnock in Georgia. But Kelly Loeffler was a former owner of a WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream. And she recently, like as in this week, just lost the ownership of her team to a former player that she refused to meet. The player's name is Renee Montgomery, and she didn't just buy it straight up. Like she joined, she joined an investment team. I'm not sure the exact details, but and pooled together money to buy it off of Loeffler. And Loeffler was not like she didn't want it to happen. And so basically, it's just a fat L for Loeffler. So just another example kind of of how politics and sports are becoming intertwined because uh, it definitely seems like Montgomery, the player, the athlete, was basically doing that as a big middle finger to Loeffler. Oh, I could definitely see that, especially in Atlanta right now where that's, mm-hmm. such, a, that's a, such a huge hot-button issue because they're going red and blue, but yeah. I don't know. I, I get into the politics a lot, political science minor, so, you know. You know, you know okay. how it is. I, I, I can, I could, I could also do politics, even though I probably shouldn't. Yeah. So we'll we'll stick to sports, though. I was just saying, like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's an example, though, kind of how it's intertwining recently. Uh, and it's but, also just kind of like Zlatan, like why? <laughs> yeah, like why? Why the why, beef? Why, why bring that up kind of randomly? Maybe he just has issue with it. Maybe he's a shut up and dribble type guy which he, he definitely he's is tired of it and Le- yeah lebron's probably you know been an example for other athletes to follow that might for be sure where, for sure maybe because is, is soccer do they comment on politics at all like they do here they are not as big on like like they're not like lebron in that kind of way where he tweets about it and like give their opinion but they are huge 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 on like social movements in general um like there's a huge end hashtag end racism campaign going on in the premier league and across other major leagues in europe because there has been a pretty big issue recently with like fans harassing the players during games or like sending them letters and stuff like that 
that are just like really fucked up. But the players themselves mm, don't really Fenway speak Park, out. Fenway Park type action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of shit, dude. Um, like player, like some fans have gotten banned and stuff. But yeah, so not so much specific players speaking out, but the teams and organizations are definitely getting involved in that kind of stuff as well. Because I mean recently just with the way the media has been and everything if you don't get involved with say like the black lives matter movement or taking a knee like you're gonna get scrutinized you know but yeah uh, soccer teams have definitely been getting involved but it is different than anything you see with like lebron here so okay yeah maybe maybe he just wants to put a stop to it but yeah let's stick to sports let's shut up and dribble and uh let's let's give our a little bit too early mlb predictions so yeah, we got good our, way. We got a world series matchups and winner. Who do you, who do you got? So, MLB is starting up now. You know, spring spring baseball starting. Got me thinking a lot about what's gonna happen this year. And for the World Series, I'm gonna go with out of the AL. I'm gonna go with the White Sox, Chicago White Sox, and then I. The other team is going to be between the Padres and the Dodgers. Like, that is a lock. Whoever comes out of the... I think that itself is the World Series. Padres versus Dodgers is going to be the World Series. Whoever wins that is going to come out on top, which personally, I think it's going to be the Padres, uh, just partially because I love Fernando Tatis, and they have a stacked pitching staff. So I got White Sox versus Padres, and the Padres are coming out on top. Um... I think so. This is this is definitely good picks on both sides, but I I don't think the White Sox are there just yet. They they're really talented though. They're close. You're right. They're they're close, but man, their manager's so old. He's in his, yeah. He's like what seventy three. Like how is he gonna how is he gonna be able to connect this young roster? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, a good point. That's that's and that's the feeling in Chicago right now is that they're really excited about them, but like. Holy fuck! Like, um, Listella is so old. Like, they we don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason I took them is it seems like the public is pretty high on the White Sox right now. They like to win the World Series. Their odds are listed at plus eight fifty, and right now they have the most public bets placed on them to win it all. So I don't know what the public knows, but I don't know. I like it. I can I'm see a big happening. fade the public guy. For me, my uh, my World Series matchup is going to be Yankees Dodgers. It's going to be money Yankee, wins that was, all. It was between the the White Sox and the Yankees for me. I just the Yankees they've had their they've gotten um they've had their postseason struggles the past couple of years. They haven't been able to make it to the World Series. I think this is the year where they finally do it, and you know their biggest competition right now. Might be the White Sox, um, and I think that they could beat them because the White Sox are just so young. I, I think it will be. I think it's going to be like in the ALCS and NLCS. It's. I mean, honestly, I might as well place a future bet right now. It's going to be Yankees, White Sox, and then Padres and Dodgers. Lock it yeah. in. Padres Dodgers is like, like that is the most. That's sure going to happen. That yeah, is the, the most, most sure thing. thing in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, this year easily. So we'll see who's gonna win Yankees Dodgers. I don't know if Dodgers can repeat. I don't know if that's because that's kind of. I'm just gonna stop at that's my matchup. <laughs> just I don't stop know there. if I can pick a winner. 
Yeah, fair they're... enough. I think I think out of those teams, the Dodgers would probably repeat. Actually, yeah. Actually, I take it back. I'm going Dodgers. They have the better. <laughs> they have the better rotation. I just remember that they got Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Big big move there. Big move. Big move there. As yeah, much I... as I love uh, Garrett Cole, he's 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 not Walker Bueller, um, and Kershaw. Trevor Bauer and Clayton Kershaw. It's, that he is not. So. Yeah, definitely not. Well, speaking of the pitchers, who uh, who are you taking for the Cy Young winner? So AL AL, give me uh, Garrett Cole, and NL give me, give me Blake Snell. I think he's gonna come out firing. I think he's really pissed off that he's been traded, um, and he's gonna he's gonna show the world why that was the biggest mistake to make. I could I could see that his odds are pretty juicy, right? Snell was like what plus twelve hundred. Something like that. I can't remember. Pretty sure he's up. I know he's up at least above ten to one odds, but that that's a pretty juicy pick. I could see Snell working out. I I have for the AL. I'm going with my favorite, the Beebster, Shane Bieber, and then uh, he's listed at plus four fifty odds right now. And then over in the NL, I had a really hard time picking an NL Cy Young winner because, like. I'd like to think it's going to come from the Dodgers or the Padres just because of how good their rotation is. But at the same time, they are all so good that they might like beat each other out for it. Like what so, happened with uh, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander? Yeah. So like I, I don't know, but I rode with, rode with it anyway, and I went with the Padres pitcher. I'm taking Yu Darvish at plus 1,000 odds. He, he's been having... Great seasons recently. He had an incredible year last year, so I'm just hoping he can keep that momentum going with a new team. My worry about him is, yeah, he was really good last year, but that was on a short season. So That's true. That's true. That's, that's where it'll come. I hope he does well, though. He started his career with the Rangers. I've always liked I've always liked Darvish. So Yeah, I miss him see. at the Rangers. Yeah. Um, I think another interesting pick for the NL, I mean, you got to go DeGrom, right? I mean, DeGrom's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's always he's always going to be that NL Cy Young conversation, kind of like how Mike Trout will always be in the AL MVP conversation. He just always will. Always. So. Well, I mean, yeah, like this this year he's uh the odds for AL MVP is Mike Trout at plus 175 and then everybody else is above 10 to 1, like plus 1000 odds. So everybody's going there. Well, I mean, now that we're on the topic of MVP, who are you taking? I mean, I'm taking Trout for AL MVP for sure. Yeah, I mean, who else are you going to take, dude? I mean, yeah. there's there's other contenders, but, like, maybe if the Rangers, Angels are actually have a winning record this year, that's the only reason why Mike Trout doesn't have 10 MVPs. Yeah, if if you played for a better team. he's He's had all these MVPs, and he's been with lackluster records, which doesn't get you MVPs, and that's for all of sports. Yeah, and so yeah, for sure. He's fucking awesome, um, and if you don't pick him to win AL MVP when you start the year, then you don't know baseball, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I, listed, <laughs> I listed a backup pick. Uh, I'm not placing any money on this because I think Trout's going to win for sure, but Aaron Judge is listed at 11-1 to 1 odds, so there's some serious juice behind that. Just because I think if Trout's not going to win it, Judge has the second best chance. Uh, also, purely because of hype, he's another one of those guys that ESPN sucks their dick all day. But that's my AL pick for MVP. Uh, who are you going with in the NL, Elijah? 
Give me the new face of baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. I like it's it. It's going to be... I think uh, maybe this is the year where he finally... Or not finally, I guess. This is the year where he ascends into the to the next great player in the game. And, the, I mean, voters are, are hot and ready for him. That's true. They're, yeah, they're, that is they're true. They're ready to award this... this uh, to award him with the MVP. Um, Think of the narrative, man. Think of all the, the articles, yeah. the stories. It's yeah. it's basically like um, when Kyler Murray, before last NFL season, how they were all, that was the trendy MVP pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Tatis now, except Tatis is actually on a good football team. I mean, a, a good team, baseball yeah. team, and he's going to put up numbers. So if he continues where he left off last season, he is your NL MVP. See, I really like the Tatis pick. I almost went with Tatis myself, but honestly, the main reason I didn't is because you did, and so I wanted to switch it up a little bit. Um, and so I'm going with, for the NL, is Nolan Arenado. And it's not the most popular pick, but he's on a new team. I think if the Cardinals play well this season, he has a legitimate chance because before he was at the Cardinals... He finished in the top six of MVP voting three times with the Rockies. So the Rockies have gotten better. I mean, now they're probably not going to be as good. But I think if he was playing on a better team, his chances would be better too. So if the Cardinals have a good season, which they might, they they have a solid team, uh, Nolan Arenado might have a chance to at least be in the discussion. Um, Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think, I think you put the nail on the head there if he was on a little bit better team than he could have been. Um, an MVP potentially because he's been one of the better players in baseball since he came in, especially yeah. from a fielding perspective. He's like the best defensive one of the top third guys. Baseman. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays away from Coors Field. That has always been a nice booster to all uh, Rockies players. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the and the Cardinals, I guess. They love adding guys who are near MVPs and are also in their 30s. They did it last yeah. year or the year before the Goldschmidt. I feel like the Cardinals um, signed more old heads than anybody. Cardinals are a good organization, though. So they, know they are. Yeah, them. they're well run. But I like Arenado. I hope he has a good year in in uh, St. Louis. I wish he had a, was having a good year here in Texas, but we're definitely not there. Yeah, dude, and, Texas. The Rangers have got a long way to go, man. I saw we were, we were predicted to finish 29th. <laughs> like in the league uh well i don't i don't want to talk about it just (laughs) it's too much pain right now it just hurts i watch him i watch every game too and it's just painful it's It's yeah see because i that's what i love about baseball though is because you can watch you you get to really know your team and the guys that play for your team you watch them night in and night out and i really like that about about baseball yeah, but, that is that is one aspect of baseball that you don't really get as much with the other sports. But it sucks when you suck. So yeah, and the Rangers do suck right now. So <laughs> it's gonna be a long year for us. Uh, so I think that's gonna be it for this episode. It was a uh, a lot of stuff going on this week. We'll hope to be back with maybe some gambling content soon. Uh, there's really not many major events going on. So if there is, me and Elijah will definitely be on that, giving you our picks. Uh, Be on the lookout, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Stay tuned for any 
updates on our Twitch and what we're going to do with that because we may live stream our episodes on there going forward. So you can follow us on Twitter at GTD underscore sports. That way you won't miss out on any announcements we put out. And yeah, thanks uh, for listening. It was a good episode. Yep, I think it's a good episode. And like you said about the Twitch, if I decide to do a, um, a live stream with the sports video game or maybe even Rocket League, you know, not that good. Uh, I will yeah, I can tweet it out. Action. I can tweet it out. I don't know. Just something fun to do. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. See you next week.